I'm not supposed to be here. I was told I would die before my 28th birthday, yet I am 50 years old. I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and I have an amazing life despite living with two terminal illnesses. It's time for me to share my story before I can't. So here it goes. I'm Kelly Wilson, and this is my life in pieces. Hi, Kelly. So your health has been a major topic in the recent weeks, and I know you've had an incredibly emotional and eventful experience when it comes to your health. Can you please set the stage for your listeners, bring us back to that first diagnosis and how everything really did change in the blink of an eye? So it was a Sunday night and my uh, husband and children were both home getting ready for bed. The kids were getting ready for bed. So I went for a walk slash run. And when I came home from that, I had a lot of pain in my chest. So because my husband was leaving to go to work that evening, uh, we had decided I was going to go into the emergency room just to make sure everything was fine. So I did that. And when I got there, the doctor that was in the ER um, ordered an ECG, electric cardiogram, just where they you. But for me, I'd never had anything like that done before. So it was all foreign. And he came in after the ECG was done. And he said, Do you have any history of heart problems? And at that time, I said, No. And he said, Well, you have a thing called first degree heart block, not a big deal. Loads of people have it. But um, I want you to come in tomorrow morning and see a heart specialist. But you know, no worries. So I went home, told my husband to go to work. It wasn't a big deal. I was 26 and healthy, so I wasn't really concerned about it at all. And um, so the next day, I got up and had got a sitter and went into the hospital where I met this heart specialist, they called him, and he was going to perform this test called carotid something massage anyway where they rub your artery in your neck and um they could determine you know certain arrhythmias and stuff like that from what i understood so they had put in an iv which was really weird and hooked me up to a monitor and i just thought it was all uncomfortable and kind of unnecessary but there was a nurse and she had come in and she had a syringe in her hand and she was standing at the end of my bed and she said uh or I asked her I said what is that syringe for and she said well during this test if your heart stops this will start it again well in an instant I thought holy crap and right from my toes up I got that hot feeling and I went to sit up to be sick and because I was hooked up to the monitor they saw I had third degree heart block which was not good at all and um, basically he continued on with the test but knew that he really didn't have to because they told me right then that I needed a pacemaker. And then how long from that initial test until you had the pacemaker? 
within a week for sure. Um, so they sent me for a few other tests and to actually two different hospitals. And then they um, had scheduled for me to have a pacemaker in a hospital about an hour away from, from me. So uh, I went the night before into the cardiac care unit and I was the youngest by far. The lady I shared the room with, she was, oh, at 85 to 90 and we were sharing chocolate cake recipes and she was, I could tell, trying to make me feel a little bit better because, you know, I was so young and the nurse had come in uh, the night before and showed me actually the pacemaker and the wires went down and I remember seeing at the bottom of the wires it looks like a little boat anchor so when they put it into your heart into your artery at the bottom um, if you can picture a boat anchor at the very bottom of that has a little that's where the electrical current goes to uh, fire to make your heart you know uh, work properly and during that the nurse was sitting beside my bed and the the lady was in the bed next to me and this gentleman walks down the walks down the hallway and he, god love him he must have been 95 and his johnny shirt was just swinging open and as he was walking things were swinging and the little old lady in the bed next to me she was like no 20 year old should ever see anything like that and we all started to laugh so I always said if I won millions of dollars I was gonna uh, buy Johnny shirts for all the hospitals that actually zipped up the back so <laughs> it was pretty traumatic uh, in that moment so anyway my surgery was to happen the next morning and in the morning they came in and gave me uh, a few pills. One I was for pain and one was uh, to relax me a little bit before they took me into the OR. So when they put a pacemaker in, you're not put asleep. You're awake. And I was nervous about that, uh, as I think anybody would be. But everything happened so fast that I really just didn't have time to even process any of this. So I went into the OR and they, you know, put sheets over me and, and, you know, were putting the iodine all over me and my face was covered up and turned to one side and he went to freeze me. And so he and I, I think both thought, you know, my chest was frozen. And so he went to cut the incision to put the pacemaker in and I just screamed I could feel everything and he just said because I was nervous and your adrenaline's pumping through your body you know the freezing wouldn't work so he tried to freeze it again and again it didn't work and he had to continue on and put this pacemaker in and I had no freezing and I remember the nurse uh, was holding the little towel up over my face and I was crying and she was just saying it won't be long it won't be long it won't be long so anyway I got through that and got back to my room and uh, yeah it was nap time in the cardiac care unit at that point.
And so you were 26 at this point. You had two young boys. You had just gotten this pacemaker in, which I'm sure you'd only heard of a significantly older people getting in. How were you feeling at that point? Like, where were you mentally with being 26 and lying in this room and just having a pacemaker put in at such a young age? Well, a lot of uncertainty. And at that time, they just thought it was something, you know, that was a one-off kind of, and that I had this, I would get the pacemaker and it would fix the problem. And I was trying to deal with that and just think, okay, it's not a big deal. But at the same time, I was scared. You know, I didn't know much about heart block. I didn't have time to really, you know, get my head around anything. So yeah, I was scared and my kids were young and, and, you know, I certainly wished it wasn't happening to me. And my parents were at the hospital when I got my first pacemaker put in. And when they told me it was nap time, I went to lay down and I couldn't breathe. And I got like a stabbing pain, like a knife through my chest. So I said to them, you know, something's wrong. And they said, well, the only pain you should have is from your incision. I said, well, that's fine, but that's not the only pain I'm having. Like I literally can't breathe. So they took me down for an x-ray and they came back up and said, no, everything was fine. Well, I had an awful night all that afternoon and evening throughout the night. I could not sleep. I couldn't breathe. Um, so the next day a doctor came in and he was going to program my pacemaker and looked at the x-ray and noticed at that time that they had collapsed my lung when they put the pacemaker in. So anyway, I, (laughs) there was a part of me that was like, well, ha, I told you something else was wrong, but you know, at least they, you know, then knew where the pain was really coming from and, and they, fixed the problem and gave me a little bit more than Tylenol at that point. And then just describe the next couple months for us after following getting your pacemaker. And what did those months look like for you? Were you pain free? Was it horrible? Did you have to stay in the hospital? Nope. I got out of the hospital the next day. uh, And I remember, you know, I'd be in the shower and I had this foreign object in my chest and at first it was all swollen. But even after that, like if I had my arm up, you know, to wash my hair or anything like that, like it was just, it was, it was noticeable every second. It's just because I wasn't used to that. Um, You know, eventually that changed and, and it didn't, I didn't notice it as much and it just became a part of my body. But at first it was, it was, you know, just odd, I guess, to have there. But that was in July. So from July until January, I still had a lot of chest pain. I would go to my doctor repeatedly and she would tell me at that time trying to, you know, ease my anxiety I think from it all that you know Kelly yes you're 26 you have a pacemaker I know you're gonna think this is your heart but you know um, the pacemaker will help with you know the arrhythmia so you're good and 
the pain seemed to increasingly get worse. And through the Christmas holidays and into early January, it was just unbearable. So she told me to go over one day to have an x-ray. And so I did. And I was driving home from somewhere and the same day and she called me and she just said, um, we got the results of your chest x-ray and we have big problems. She said, you either have lymphoma, which is cancer or a disease called sarcoidosis. And the problem you have of your heart can be caused by sarcoidosis and the survival rate for sarcoid of the heart is zero. And I was like, just in shock. I had no idea what either one of those diseases were. Um, she continued on to say that I would be having further testing starting in the next couple of days and to confirm what it was, I had to have a surgery that they would have to take a piece of my lymph node, uh, do a biopsy, take a piece of a lymph node so they could determine what I did have. So. Absolutely. And like, I am currently 26 with two young kids and I'm sure some of your listeners are very close to this age, picturing themselves sitting in that vehicle with you, getting this life altering, devastating news, like neither one of those options are ideal for anyone. Can you explain a little bit about the cancer for us? Like what the difference between the two things would have been? So lymphoma is a type of cancer. Um, you have lymph nodes throughout your whole body. I don't know a lot about it, but I do know that it is very curable. And they said at the time, you know, it was one of the cancers that, you know, could be once you're treated, cured and, and never come back. So with sarcoidosis, it's called a granulomatous disease. So for me back then, granuloma was a big word. Sarcoidosis was a big word, but it is little groups of cells and like a tumor, a lesion, or, you know, this one is a granuloma. And they kind of float around in your body and they plant themselves on your organs and it decreases your organ function. So um, that's kind of in layman's terms. That's not technical. But for me, um, you know, that that is the difference. So it just wreaks havoc on your body and can affect you from head to toe. So both diagnoses would have been just detrimental to your health. It didn't matter what it was at that point. No. And then, so how long did the biopsy take for you to get back for those results to come in? I had the biopsy and it was supposed to be, I think, three to five days. So I don't remember exactly how long it took, but, um, you know, it took just a few days, nothing, nothing extreme. We knew that the doctor was going to be calling and he was, um, it was in the afternoon. I remember my parents were there and we were in my kitchen and my kids were, 
you know, running around. Um, like I said, they were one in four. So it was, my dad was pacing in my kitchen and we were just hoping that I had cancer because the doctors basically said that was the lesser of the evils and that it would be, um, give me a better chance at living. So we were just standing there and I remember just praying that it was cancer. And my dad, he said, this is really bad if we are praying that this kid has cancer. 